Life is one big head game. And once you learn to play the motherfucking head game, it's no longer a game anymore at all. You start living your life. Are we ready to go? I think so. All right, guys. Welcome to One Big Head Game, the show where we talk about self-mastery uh, and getting the most out of your mind. And, uh, and really, we try to give people uh, practical methods on how to achieve something or change their circumstances uh, by using the power of their mind. It's all about changing that's your what we're perspective. To do. Yeah, that's right. It's all a perspective. Life is a perspective, right? So we have Bo. I am Garrett. Yep. And we have a guest here today. Yeah. Mr. Andre. Yeah, we got Andre, Andre Wilson on here. Um, before he tells us his story and a little bit about <coughs> himself, you know, I know Andre. He's helped me out uh, on a few different occasions. Um, and he is a wellness coach. Um, he is a breath specialist. So he specializes in coaching people to um, essentially use oxygen and 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 breathing techniques to um, achieve specific things with their body, with their mind, things like that. Um, and he's got a lot of certifications for that. He's uh, he's met some pretty interesting people in his journey in that space. Uh, that's really interesting to me, and I'm excited to to have you explain what's going on with that. What are you doing now? And, and kind of your journey from where you started to, to what you do for your clients now. So, uh, so why don't you take it away for a few moments and tell everybody, you know, what you do, who you are, where you're from, you know, kind of give us a, a little bit of a background, you know, Absolutely. on you, who are you? For you know? sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Andre Wilson. Uh, glad to be here at one mm -hmm. big head game. And, yeah. uh, so I own and operate Inner Alchemy Rejuvenation Studio. It's a wellness spa where we have uh, contrast hydrotherapy. So we've got a cold plunge, a hot tub, and uh, infrared and red light therapy. And so uh, what's unique about Inner Alchemy is that it's a guided process. Mm -hmm. So you come in. It can be your first time going through a cold plunge, which can be pretty nerve-wracking. <laughs> and you can, uh, you can really psych yourself out when you're trying to do it by yourself. But whenever you're having the guided process... We use the breath to really help relax the nervous system, uh, make the tension level in the skin go down, calm the mind. And you'd be surprised at how much easier it really gets for you to get in. And, uh, I mean, it's still cold, but <laughs> no matter no what. Doubt, no doubt, no matter what. That's why we're getting in it to exactly. some degree. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you need it. And the reason why the guided process is so important is because you want to be able to relax into that cold water as best as you can. Because if you're in that, a lot of times, if you see someone in a cold plunge and they're in there and they're like struggling and they're like fighting against it, they're not really getting much benefit because they're resisting allowing the cold to go deeper into the tissue. Mm -hmm. And that's where we keep the tension. That's where we keep the trauma, whether it's physical or emotional. And um, so, yeah, when we use the breath to help relax the nervous system, we allow that process to go deeper and that's true for the hot tub and the cold plunge mm -hmm. and so uh the way i like to explain it is you have like x amount of tension in your tissue before you come in and then you go into the cold and you have that constriction effect and everything tightens down your blood vessels constrict 
and uh, and we hold a lot of tension on the blood vessel level and so when we come out of the cold water just into regular air and everything opens up and you have this huge release mm. and uh and you let your body warm up we do some some warming breath work techniques we do some motion uh, to keep the heart rate down but we're still creating heat coming back to a balanced uh, temperature and then you get into the hot tub and that so you started here you got out you got to here and then you get into the hot tub more dilation and so you're in the hot tub for about three minutes you're in the cold plunge for about 90 seconds yeah it's really not that long you know no no uh, it, it doesn't need to be yeah yeah so guys, before we dive in too much to the technical aspect of this, Andre, where's your office located? You know, is it in Lafayette? Is it in Youngsville? Uh, it's at? in Lafayette. Yes. Okay. How long awesome. have you been in business for? Uh, I've been in Lafayette for a little over a year. Okay. Before that, I was in Homa, Louisiana. Okay. I'm originally from uh, Raceland, Louisiana. I've got a really good oh. friend from Homa. Awesome. I had a client in Raceland. Walkers. Cl- yep. The um, so their great uncle owned CIS, the Cardiovascular Institute. Okay. They started over there and, you know, they branched out, obviously, but uh, he's from that family. I go to school with him at UL. Awesome. So yeah. know, there's a few walkers over there, cool. I'm sure. Yeah. So you grew up in uh, in Raceland? I did. Okay. I did. What was that like? Uh, it was cool. It's, uh, you know, it's a small town vibe uh, out in the country. And uh, I didn't really spend much time in Raceland. Mm-hmm. My mom, she taught at a school in Lockport, one town over. So I ended up going to school over there. And then went to high school in the opposite direction in Thibodeau okay. uh, mm-hmm. to E.D. White. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. Did a lot of uh, marching band was a big part of my life. And I was telling Bo about how this weekend oh, is, yeah. the, uh, is the state contest at Cajun Field. Oh, okay. I so, saw they were uh, over there a week or two ago, maybe practicing or something like that. Could be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did you play an instrument? I did. What'd so you play? I was a drummer, still am nice, a drummer. Cool. And that's where I'm glad that we got to bring this up because that's where this kind of whole thing started. Yeah. yeah that's what I, that's what we want to know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So I did a lot of marching band and spent just like countless hours practicing drums. I played the quad drums. And uh, that kind of became a really big passion for me. And I, after high school, there is, there's what's called Drum Corps International, and it's kind of like the NFL of marching band, mm. you can call it. And it's kind of evolved over the years from like a halftime show to kind of like Cirque du Soleil meets like drumline with choreography <laughs> and flags and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's really cool. It's the high, high level. It is. Yeah. It is elite yeah, that's for cool. sure. And so there's a summer tour. So over the summer, they have... Probably, I don't even know how many it is now, but probably like 50 drum corps. And they'll go on a tour and they'll hit all the NFL stadiums. And so a day, there's like a spring training that's about a month long. So in May, the end of May to the middle of June, you'll move into uh, some dorms at some university. You'll practice, uh, you know, 16 hours a day or whatever (laughs) in the sun. And so uh, uh, it's crazy when people come to Louisiana after doing a summer tour everywhere else, it's so, there's so much humidity. Mm. Uh, like kids will be throwing up and passing out and it's yeah. like, they're used to doing it, but they, the Louisiana heat is just so intense. <laughs> oh yeah. And so, uh, but what a day looks like is like, uh, once you're finished learning the whole pr- uh, program, you'll jump onto a summer tour. And so you'll, you'll have three charter buses full of kids. It's like 150 kids between 16 and 21 and they'll pull into a high school at like 
you know, 10 o'clock at night, they'll take out their air beds, they'll go to sleep on the gymnasium floor, and then they'll wake up at eight in the morning, and then they'll do a full day of rehearsal. And then at the end of the night, they'll shower, load up all their stuff back onto the bus, and then they'll pull up to another high school as they're making their Mm -hmm. way across the country. And then they'll pull up to an NFL stadium or even just like a high school stadium. And they'll have a big show where there'll be like five to 10 of these groups competing to get the best score. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's usually the world championship at, uh, Indianapolis Colts stadium. And that's usually around August 15th. And so I was lucky enough to be a part of the blue coats, uh, drum and bugle corps. And during my final season there, we were like going for the drumline championship. We were in like the top position in the mm-hmm. middle of the season. And uh, I ended up getting this neurologic disorder in my left hand in the mm-hmm. middle of the season, my last season. And uh, it was to where anytime I would try to use these bottom two fingers on my left hand, they would snap closed. And I was drumming on some equipment that had kind of, there's like a, there's a level leveling mechanism on the drums and it had stripped out and we were waiting for some new equipment to come in. So I was playing on these drums at this like incredibly unhealthy angle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so my nervous system had overridden uh, with like incorrect information. And so instead of working at all, it would just over fire at 500%. I had a neurologist plug some needles into me and put it on a screen and, uh, you know, like it showed like the little line on the screen. Yep. And anytime I would use these two fingers, it would like go crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's bad when the neurologist or whoever your doctor is, is trying to diagnose you. And he like has to go pull a book off the shelf and like look up <laughs> yeah. some symptoms. And so he ended up narrowing it down to what's called focal dystonia. And luckily, luckily enough, I just had it in my fingers where some people will get it in their spine and their spine will contract forward yeah. and like all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, it seems like that would be a little bit worse. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, not downplaying what you, you no, went through, no. but like if you're yeah. crunching over, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, and so uh, so he's like, yeah, no cure, no reversal. There's nothing you can do. You just kind of got to figure it out. And so uh, I ended up riding out the rest of the season. They uh, – they gave me these sticks that had some like rubber tips on them. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't really hear if I was messing up. I, I was like good enough to like fake through a lot of it. So when you're watching videos of it, you can't see it's too bad, but you can see that my hands at like this jacked mm-hmm. up angle as opposed to just normal. And, uh, so it's pretty soul crushing, uh, cause yeah. I couldn't drum anymore. And so I started shifting a lot more towards teaching and it wasn't really a good enough answer for me that there was no cure for right. what was going on yeah and uh just you know a lot of different people in my family kind of conquering different illnesses and stuff like that and so i uh, started looking into a lot of alternative therapies and uh, the first one was really nutrition really cleaning up a lot of food because um, you know college student eating like the most trash you can imagine and then yeah. doing this drum corps tour trying to win a drum championship uh, and the food on drum corps is not really that great. You know, they're getting like the <laughs> lowest like quality yeah. Cisco stuff you can right. imagine. Right. Uh, and, uh, so that on top of the stress and top of who knows whatever else, uh, mentally, uh, was going on. Uh, yeah. Cleaning up the diet. And then I even started doing some cool stuff with mirrors to where I put one hand in a shoebox and put a mirror on the side so that my brain was seeing the reflection of my healthy hand and like wow. I was feeling some interesting stuff because supposedly you know the nervous system's always communicating with both sides and learning from each side of the body, and uh, that was working a little bit, just like getting a little bit better. But it wasn't until 
I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and Wim Hof was a guest mm -hmm. on there. And okay, uh, yeah, this is what I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So he. So uh, you were, yeah, uh, we know about the Joe Rogan podcast, but what what was said in that podcast? You know, how did it uh, how did it affect you? So there, he was talking about a lot of applications and the things that he's done. Uh, of his breathing technique. So mm -hmm. Wim Hof, he's the Iceman. He's got 26, 26 plus Guinness World Records uh, doing stuff in the ice. He climbed to the danger zone of Mount Everest in record time. So he has that record, but he also did it in his shorts. So it's like a little bonus. And uh, hold his breath under ice water for eight minutes and uh, all kinds of other stuff like running the desert with uh, running a marathon in the desert with no water. And then he rehydrated with beer at the end. Yeah. And uh, so doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But the most incredible thing that he's done is they'll, when they're trying to test out a pharmaceutical drug, they'll inject people with a dead piece of E. coli, and it's called endotoxemia. And why they do this is because for 24 hours after getting injected, you get hives, fever, rashes, all this stuff, because your body identifies it as living uh, E. coli. And so they'll give someone, they're testing out a pharmaceutical to see how well it works at uh, suppressing your immune system's response to the pathogen. And so he said, uh, and this is something they do all the time, and he said, instead of giving me this uh, drug, I'll just do this breathing technique so I can modulate my immune system to be ready and on guard to eradicate the disease or yeah. the pathogen so he was pretty confident at that point huh? oh yeah he's like didn't phase him at all yeah, he's like uh, i don't need the drug just like, give me, give me i the, will do it give, I me will the, do. give me the poison i don't need that drug exactly yeah. and, and within 15 minutes he had had uh he had eradicated all symptoms and yeah with the, it, it was just wild and uh crazy. and this was back in 2011 2012 and they were like, okay, well, you're this Iceman guy. We can't say that people can do this. You're one person. Yeah. Can you, can you're we replicate? special. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're this mutant freak. So I'd assume yeah. this guy, he, like he had somebody or himself on like checking actual values of his, like you said, the he data. eradicated all the symptoms. The data. Right. The Correct. data. Where was that he was from? He was logged into some machine. It was checking whether or not like he was actually having adverse effects to the Poison or E. coli, right? Absolutely. Sure this is scientific, at right? Rodbald University in the Netherlands. There we go. And this is uh, this is actually there's peer reviewed articles on this, so you can find it on PubMed.gov, mm -hmm. uh, and it's all legit. It's just crazy how we, we don't hear as much about this kind of stuff. And we're hearing more about it now because athletes are getting their hand on it, and it's yeah. helping them up their game. And so, yeah, you're the only guy. We can't say other people can do this. Can you get other people to do it? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, super simple. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, in three days, he's like, yeah, it's just going to take me three days. So he, he, in three days, he takes 12 guys, uh, I think it's men and women, that don't have any history of doing breathing techniques or cold exposure and teaches them about how it's all one big head game. Interesting. <laughs> there we go. That's really funny. Because he takes them, so he takes them up a mountain and teaches them about like the power of will and like how you can use the breathing and how if you don't believe you can do it, there's a much higher chance that you're not going to be mm -hmm. successful. Oh, yeah. And so takes them up a mountain, teaches them a couple of breathing exercises, and uh, 12 people get the same exact results as him. And every year since then, they've continuously been doing this and seeing its applications to particular disorders and diseases and stuff. So... Uh, it's been really cool. And and to, to rewind back to what 
he was talking about in that podcast mm. as far as what kind of lured me in was he was talking about uh, its applications on uh, diseases or disorders with the nervous system. And he was also talking about anxiety and depression and its effects there and how essentially all disease roots from inflammation of some sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, so on the podcast, he did some of the breathing exercises. He did one of the breathing exercises with Joe Rogan live. So you could kind of do it with him mm. and see how you were going to feel. And uh, so did that and uh, felt incredible. Got an amazing like natural high from it and just like a lot of energy and uh, a lot of uplifting just mood and started seeing, well, I was at like a kind of a, a pivotal point in my life to where I could make a couple different decisions and I had some time and I was like, I want to investigate this a lot deeper. Yeah. And so pulled up his website and saw that he had an online course. It was a 10-week online course. I think it's still up there. And enrolled in that, did that, and then read that that was the first stage of a three-module certification program and did that and did a uh, couple workshops in with him, some weekend training workshops, and then did a week-long retreat over a couple of years with some online training as well. And, uh, yeah, it was just a crazy journey and just learning a lot about the breath and yeah. what it can do. And just six months, uh, six months after practicing it, yeah. after having like, uh, about four years of still trying to reverse this, uh, focal dystonia issue. And, uh, it's almost completely gone in just six months. And now at this point, that was seven years ago. Um, as good as I've ever been at Hey, you haven't had any adverse effects. Like, because you continue to do it, I'm sure, on a, on a very routine basis, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's it, the, the funny thing about some of these nervous system things is if I really think back to the time when it was acting up the most and I'm drumming, I'll kind of feel a little inkling of it coming back. Uh, interesting. Because yeah. it's, it's tied to the brain and the thought patterns and yeah. those neural networks. Right. So, uh, but other than that, it's pretty much back to normal. Hmm. But like, if I think about playing a passage, like a drum lick from that show, Mm -hmm. it could, uh, you know, it's, there's so much tied to that. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's incredible, man. Does it, do you feel like I, I could understand how you, uh, the imagery of you being in that exact same place and maybe even realizing that you had it for the first time, you know, those feelings and uh, the imagery that you're going through in your head that may uh, uh, cause you to uh, have a reaction, let's call it, you know, kind of feel it again. But do you ever feel any of those feelings when maybe you're in a highly stressful environment or you, you, for some reason in that exact point of your life, you have a lot of anxiety. Does that stuff do it? Or is it really just thinking back to exactly like experiencing it again, which right. brings it up. Well, it's interesting because it's only whenever I try to do fine motor details with these two fingers. Yeah. So if I'm going through like some stressful time, I'm probably not thinking about these two guys. Yeah, right it's here. more mm-hmm. in your. It's more in your. Yeah. You know, your. Uh, so I'd have to be stressed that? out and then pick up a pair of drumsticks and be <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh yes." <laughs> yeah. So you got into the uh, the breathwork stuff with Wim Hof, but did you have some experience prior to that? You know, being around all those guys that are playing breath instruments, I would uh, imagine they're talking about, you know, their processes, what they do to, uh, you know, make sure they can breathe correctly and get that air in and get it out also. Did you have some experience with that prior to Wim Hof? I didn't, but, uh, so my brother, he's a band director and just always having a lot of literature around uh, in that 
you know, category, there's this thing called the breathing gym. And I just mm. remember it. And then after learning what I know now and referencing back to them and seeing like, there's a lot of powerful stuff that probably those instructors could have maybe given me. I don't think they really understood the actual health benefits, but they understood yeah. how the breath could help them to play their instrument. But at the same time, there's a lot of health benefits that come into right. that. Cause uh, whenever you elongate your exhale, like when you're playing a wind instrument, you are, uh, tapping into this nerve called the vagus nerve mm -hmm. and which is our relaxation center. So as long as you're exhaling, you are relaxing. And that's why sometimes you, like you'll hear someone in a church choir, or someone singing and they're holding out a high note for a long time and they just pass out. <laughs> it's because they're relaxing they're too for chill. so long. <laughs> they're too chill at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's just I've learned long... some stuff from my friend. He used to, he recently stopped playing, uh, his trumpet, but, um, he played at UL for a little bit and uh one you know random fact he told me I had some hiccups one day and uh -huh. he was like dude you know just keep on breathing in and out consistent pace three seconds in and out and in 30 seconds hiccups were gone wow <laughs> like I was like dude how did you how do you know this stuff and he was like I used to I've been in band for as long as I can remember like we have to learn this stuff because you can't be hiccuping and playing an instrument at the same time <laughs> for your breath <laughs> yeah that would be a problem <laughs> yeah, yeah. But That's, there's some interesting stuff he's taught me just from being in band about breath. Yeah. Totally. So, so what, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, you're kind of specialized in the breath therapy, contrast therapy. You know, I would, I would probably, if I had to guess, like categorize you as, a um, an expert at contrast therapy and cold therapy and breath therapy, right? Would, Correct. Is that how you would do? So let, let's talk about like the umbrella of wellness. And like you said, before we got on the podcast, we were talking a little bit about it. You said alternative wellness uh, methodology or something like that, alternative wellness. What other things are out there uh, that are at people's fingertips in, in this modern day besides what you do? Like what is alternative wellness, you know, as, oh. a, as a category? I feel like alternative wellness is some other things that you could say would be in that would be um, like sound therapy using okay. like uh, specific frequencies to okay. uh, elicit different responses in the body or different relaxation techniques. Mm -hmm. uh, some hypnotherapy, different um, meditation modalities, um, neuro-linguistic programming which is kind of uh, different ways of suggesting, um, using different suggestive techniques to with bring, language with language to bring you into certain states where you can kind of reprogram, uh, you know, certain pathways you might or patterns that you may have developed. That sounds like hypnosis. It it <laughs> kind of, but for hypnosis. Uh, and yeah, the way I'm explaining it probably sounds exactly sounds, like yeah. That was the Webster's <laughs> dictionary there. Yeah, uh, that's not that that's not my area of expertise. Sure, sure. NLP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but just different different things that you wouldn't, I guess, instant. It's alternative to what a doctor would prescribe you. Yeah, right. it's an alternative to all the pills you guys are taking out there. Yeah, that aren't. Okay, there's a reason to take pills sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have if you have cancer, maybe. 
Okay. Uh, like I didn't want to say that scenario. word. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. If, right. you, if you have leukemia, okay, right. like, uh, yeah, take those pills, right? But, like, if you're just having – if you're having anxiety, if you're having different negative consequences to your physical self, your mental self, whatever mm-hmm. it is, there's, there's many other things out there that you can do. And uh, and these pills have got out of hand, man. Yeah, wouldn't you agree? Oh, I totally. Well, of course, agree. you do, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's just crazy. Like I just want everybody out there to think about that. It's um, you know, there's no quick fix to anything in life, right? Like yeah. And but there's an alternative to just going to the doctor and taking a pill. Is yeah. what I'm getting at. It's 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 out of hand. There's too many pills. The fact that uh. Um, these pharmaceutical companies are advertising direct to customers. Like, ask your doctor about this pill. If your doctor knew about it and like thought it was good, he would tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why are you advertising, dude? You know what I'm saying? There's many other things out there, and this is a, an exact example of it. It's just, uh, I, I, I'm all about it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. You and know? just the adverse uh, side effects, which I don't believe in a thing called a side effect. It's an effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if something's yeah, happening, true. that's it, true. It's side of it, main effect, side effect, kind of effect. It's like a marketing term at this. Yeah, point. yeah, that's what it <laughs> is. Effect. It's neuro linguistic programming. Exactly <laughs> by that's... by marketing, uh, uh, see by by marketing executives in that's New York City or something. Nailed it on the head. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, man. And so, like for instance, uh, you you brought up the c word. And so let's say uh, heavy word. someone needs to go through uh, some kind of radiation therapy mm-hmm. for that, which I, I wouldn't, that's not my area expertise, but I wouldn't uh, advise someone to do that. But if they needed to, sometimes you need to have a certain level of white blood cell count to do that. Um, and if your blood cell count is too low, you can't have that kind of radiation therapy. Mm. But people can come do things like an ice bath which raises your white blood cell count, and mm-hmm. then they're able to do something like that if that's their choice. And so whenever I think about that, it's like, yeah, you can pay me to guide you to go through some ice water therapy, but how much does ice cost? And yeah. what kind of incentive can you get to use right. ice water therapy? It's you know, it's not doesn't seem like it's very lucrative well, uh, for a pharmaceutical company to invest in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. light therapy. I'm using frequencies of light that can help reduce inflammation and headaches. It's like, well, you'd rather take, you know, some medicine to do that, or avoid the reasoning behind why it's happening at all and just taking a pill. That's right. It's it, we talk about it on almost every podcast. Is the quick fix mentality, you know. And yep. it's just all, uh, it's just fake, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it, there's always going to be those adverse effects to any kind of shortcut you're trying to make in your life, you know, yeah, in your mind. You might get it fixed for a couple months, but what's it look like a year or two years from now? You're still taking the same pill. At that point, you're having to take more, a higher dose. And then once you realize at the end of the day, okay, this is not gonna, this is not the end game here. Yeah. And you got to come off of that, and it's an even bigger problem. And then you, you, the first thing you said is, okay, you may fix it for this right. period of time. Was it really fixed? Yeah. Right. Like no. Like it's just, uh, it's just kind of a survival thing for you to temporarily avoid potentially pain, suffering, things like that, or you know, uh, avoid being proactive with your health. Like uh, that's essentially, from my perspective, it seems like that's what you're doing. You're t- you're allowing and guiding people through the process of being proactive with their health. You know, nutrition things like that are obviously a big deal in health, but um, but it's uh, there's there's more than just nutrition. 
you know, and there's more out there that you can, you can benefit yourself with, you know, totally. That's kind of what you're guiding people through. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, what's drawn me to the therapies that I use is that it, it makes you zoom in. You can't ignore your body in those moments and the body really keeps the score of Mm. whether it's, it's emotional or it's anything. So whenever you, go into something like an ice bath, you're activating this fight or flight response. And inside of that response is we store all this other stuff. And so like it almost, it can in a sense like make you come face to face with a lot of stuff you might be burying. Mm. And then that Mm. can be why your lower back hurts, Mm -hmm. you know, is because it's not so much that you we're in a car accident 10 years ago and you just never healed from it. Or it's, it's maybe because that happened. And then whenever something stresses you out, you just automatically hold all that in that area because it's already highlighted. Mm-hmm. And then, so if we can start, you know, coming face to face with this stuff, you know, as it comes up, cause that's one thing that I do in the cold plunges for some people, you know, they'll go in and they'll go into this triggered response and, um, you know, they're kind of walking their way through, something else that that might be tied to so yeah like somebody will go through there they'll start crying they'll start laughing mm-hmm. they're just releasing some type of stuck energy that's in there and uh, sometimes it could be tied to something then sometimes it couldn't it can just be you know whatever mm-hmm. so andre the people that you help would you call them a patient or a client or i call them a client okay so your clients what does your your most common client look like what are they coming to you what's their problem uh and how do you diagnose them more or less? Uh, well, I don't do any diagnosing. Okay. I just kind of facilitate their process. Okay. So I'm never trying to give anyone any, any advice. I'm just telling them like, feel into like, where are you resisting the most? Are you resisting? Like, do you feel like you're holding on in your abdomen when you're in the cold water? Can you breathe into that and let that release and just kind of notice what comes up? So I'm not trying to, give anybody any advice besides how to navigate their body, whatever comes up for them, that's something they need to go see someone else about, or they need to kind of start zeroing in on that themselves. But as far as what my clients, when they're, what are they looking to get out of it is Mm -hmm. is most of the time they're trying to just make a shift or have a a kind of reset, whether that's physically or mentally. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, and one thing that people will say all the time when they come out is they didn't know how bad they felt. They're mm-hmm. so relaxed. Like I haven't mm-hmm. felt this relaxed in so long Yeah. or so calm in the mind. Yeah. And uh, it really helps you zoom out okay. because it's mm-hmm. kind of so it's intense. Um, and it's like you have that equal and opposite reaction is you have this like intense thing that you go through and then you have the rebound effect and you come yep. out of it and you're like, whoa, that was the hardest thing I did in a long time. Nothing else really seems too bad. And mm-hmm. uh, you see that there was no danger there in the first time. Yeah. And that's back yeah. to the, the big head game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From my perspective, I mean, I've done it with uh, Andre before uh, multiple times. And uh, and that's kind of how I felt. You know, sometimes I, I, I don't I don't prioritize it as much, you know, and I, I get busy. And but when I do schedule it and I come in, um, I'm just going in there because I know that it always has a positive reaction to me. You know what I mean? I always come out of there positive in some way. But the last time that I did it, I kind of had that same feeling. I didn't really realize, you know, how I was feeling or I wasn't really uh, cognizant of what was going on in my body. And uh, and after I did that, I felt like I was on cloud nine. You know, if I wanted to get granular with how I how I felt, I really 
it's almost like it, it, it breathed life into my joints, into my body. And it's almost like I could breathe deeper again, you know, and like really feel what was going on in every part of my body. Because if you go throughout your day, you, you, you're not thinking about your knees. Yeah. You know, how much thought have you put into your knees this morning? Zero. You know, zero. Right. You just go ahead and go, right? Uh, but when you go through something like that, or that was my experience that last time in particular, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can feel these joints. I can feel my muscles. And, uh, I, and I did have a huge mental reset that last time. Uh, and it just... It's just incredible, really. I don't know if you can really, everybody experiences it differently, I'm sure, but undoubtedly, uh, just the process of scheduling it and, uh, and, and being proactive and doing it is going to have some sort of really positive effect on you, you know, and it could be many things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are some of the pod, like when you're thinking about it, uh, Andre, what are some of the positives of doing it? I mean, I just said some, but it was very general. What do you think uh, some of the most tangible positive effects of doing contrast therapy and dipping your body in that cold plunge does for you? Uh, I think whenever we're kind of just navigating the world and, you know, we got so much stuff going on and our nervous system is definitely overstimulated and our breathing changes and our internal state is more constricted. And so that kind of becomes, can become our perspective or the lens we're viewing the world through. And so whenever we go into a contrast therapy session, we're having this like massage effect of constriction and dilation. And then we come out on the other side and we're not so constricted and we're just feeling very open. Then that lens changes. So you can kind of start viewing your life situation from a clearer, higher bird's eye view. And, uh, that's really from a mental standpoint, which I think, which the mental and the physical are all tied together because yeah. you're going to increase your mobility and mm-hmm. you're not only cre- increasing your physical mobility, but you're also increasing the mobility of how you view your life. Yeah. And so I think that that's really the biggest yeah. thing that's that I'm in- trying to. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, perspective. <laughs> I like that. You had said that uh, it can increase your white blood cell count. The well, yes. Cause when you go into the water, you have, and this goes for uh, for the contrast therapy specifically, but also the breath work that I offer, is that we are igniting, we're finding a way to ignite adrenaline in the body. Mm. And whenever you are releasing adrenaline in a controlled environment, then like let's say I'm not running from a bear, which I do all the time, <laughs> is that I'm using that adrenaline in that moment to get going. Yeah. And so I'm instantly using that. But whenever I ignite that in a controlled environment, when I'm chilling, and all of a sudden I have adrenaline, I'm getting a flood of all these anti-inflammatory proteins, white Mm. blood cell count, dopamine, serotonin. But since I'm chilling, it's going to whatever's hot in this moment, which might not be super hot, but it's something that needs attention. And so that is, it's, it's a way to kind of service and maintenance some things that might not be a big issue now, but could potentially become one. I see. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Your body knows where it needs those things and it's going to go there basically whenever you're in a controlled environment you're not you know your knees aren't about to pop out of place because you're running from a bear or whatever it can go to those spots where it needs to actually go to for a normal person you know yes i also look at it like it's um it's just another way for people to 
you know, shock themselves out of the same stuff that they're doing every day, day in and day out. And people by, by their very nature want to stay as comfortable as possible. You know, everybody wants to be comfortable. Everybody wants to retire, right? The idea of retiring is kind of just a, uh, um, a, and as, as a, within the same vein of like, I want to do all this work. And then one day I'll have that relief from all of this pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, everyone's running from it. You know, that's why it's kind of challenging the idea of like telling someone like, get in this, you know, 40 degree water. What is it usually 40? It's usually about between 46 and 48. Yeah. So, so telling them to jump in there, they're like, that doesn't sound comfortable, right? Yeah. But, you know, the act of doing it is so important because of like we, what we were talking about earlier and what this podcast is about is about finding those depths in your mind so you can become something different and actually challenge yourself and ultimately achieve something that you're trying to do or become somebody you want to become, you know? And that this is like a perfect microcosm of, you know, you go through very, very, very temporary pain and discomfort uh, for a huge benefit. And it's kind of just, it's like a representation of uh, of going through hard times to get to the other side and change your life anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like, it's just like, uh, I don't know, anything else, but it's, that's what it is to me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's my experience for it. That's why I was interested in doing it in the first place is because I'm that type of guy. I want to challenge myself. I want to put myself in uncomfortable situations, even though I don't like it, just like everybody else. But it's, uh, but I'm glad I did did it. I'm glad I do it, and uh, and it helps. You know, it reminds you that you can go through very temporary pieces of pain for it for an enormous positive benefit. Um, I would imagine some people don't like that, but. If you want to, if you want to do anything in your life, you want to become something better, you better start doing that stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't stop at cold plunges. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, and I see the, uh, the cold plunges kind of like a, uh, a catalyst or like a, a, yeah, catalyst to you're strengthening that, that muscle Mm -hmm. of doing hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's like the muscle is your mind, though. Yeah. You know, because the only thing stopping people from getting in that cold plunge or anything, it's clear nobody's going to die getting yeah. in there for 90 seconds. Like, yeah. you're going to be all right, no matter who you are, right? Yeah. And you've even had experiences doing it with children, right? Correct. I- I've seen that. So you're not going to die. You're going to have a positive benefit. Some, you're going to experience it in a different way than other people. But, uh, but it's going to be a-, a little bit uncomfortable, you know? But you're, you're not going to die. You just have to do it. Yeah. And that, that's just like life. It's just like anything else in life. You just have to do it and get over it, man. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> but it's also like changing your perspective of like, what is this pain doing to yeah. me? Mm-hmm. Like, how is why it? Why is it? Why is it pain? Yeah. It, you know why? what I mean? Why am I choosing to make it pain? Yes. And not an educational experience. Because pain something. is in the head too, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it has to do, I'm no doctor. I don't know what I'm pain talking about. Pain is in the head. I think it's in the head. And uh, and it's all your nervous system, right? Yeah. It's your nervous system. And when something happens, it's a defense mechanism uh, by which you know something is happening to your body that could uh, 
cause major damage to yourself and potentially, you know, kill you or anything like that, right? If you get a cut on your finger, you need to know that you might be bleeding out, right? So your 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 perfect system that God created, in my opinion, God created, um, uh, tells you that, you know, uh, and it's very important, but it also holds you back a lot uh, in an unnecessary way. I yeah. think. No, I think so too. It's it's uh yeah, I think pain is uh is a thing that's being like, hey, just check this out. You know, it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it may be severe, it may not, but it's just kind of like a warning system. And uh an example I love to give is like there's something about like being in a shower. You're in this closed environment and like my thoughts, you know, I have the greatest ideas while I'm in the shower. Yeah. But also I'll think back on some conversation or some interaction I had with a person. And I'm like reliving it. I'm like, oh man, I should have said this. Or like, why did I say this? Or why didn't? And I'm creating this stress response in myself. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, I'm actually having higher inflammatory responses in my body to this scenario that's not even happening right now. It's this thing I just made up. It's so crazy. And (laughs) the opposite happens whenever we're in like states of gratitude or we're trying to see the best possible outcome in every situation we're having this release of feel-good hormones and it's just because of a choice that we're making and so i do think that a lot of that is in the head as far as pain yeah. that we create and then we store it in the body and then we got to go take a cold plunge or do something yeah. to get rid of it or transmute it so when uh, somebody goes you know like they're about to go into the cold plunge and do the whole process um that you guys do over there um do you urge them to think about something like whether it be positive, yes. negative, uh, you know, something to do with their body. Absolutely. Where do you, do you have like a consulting session, I guess, before of like, okay, why are you coming here? And then can you like let them know, okay, maybe you should think about this or focus on this a little bit so that you can get the most benefit out of what we're about to do. Uh, some people, they, they do contact me and they get a little, uh, we have a discovery call. And we kind of, okay. we talk through things, but most of the time someone will just come in and we will, we'll start really slowing down the breath, relaxing the mind, and then I'll tell them to bring in a positive intention or a positive okay. affirmation. And, uh, and also just like as you're in that state, taking record of the body, like scanning the body, seeing like is there any part of your body that's really like reaching out for you to like acknowledge that it's not feeling good. Mm. And then when you come out, when you're in the cold water, we're in that fight or sp- flight response, the, the unconscious, the conscious mind is all really paying attention because we're in that state. <laughs> if you can hold this positive intention while you're in this associative feeling mm-hmm. uh, and then come out of it, then your mind is really going to anchor onto that because when we're in that fight or flight mode, it's like everything is very important. The mind is really, and then it's going to store it deep in the depths to where you can hardly (laughs) remember that you have trauma there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's kind of what we do. Okay. And then when you come out, we revisit that affirmation and then we, we take a record of the body again and just see how that energy has shifted. Mm. And yeah. So it sounds like if I was going to dull that process down, you might say that, uh, in preparation for your pain or discomfort or whatever it is, in that case, a cold plunge, uh, it might benefit you to bring positive intentions to the pain and discomfort that you're experiencing, no matter what it is in your life, you know, 
Like if you know you're going to go on a run and, you know, for instance, like me, maybe you're not good at running uh, and like, you know, it's going to be very painful. Maybe be grateful for that pain and understand intellectually what is going on with that pain and what the result is going to be so that you can link that pain to positivity and, and, uh, and gratitude. And that's kind of the best thing to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Pain prep. Pain prep. And like yeah, Andre yeah, yeah. said, you know, when you're in that state of flight or fight, you don't have, <laughs> uh, like, I guess when you get out of it, you're not going to be thinking about it. You're going to want to try to block that out as much as possible. But if you have that positive thought in your head while that happened, that positive thought is going to be sitting in the background instead of just like whenever you're going through your day, like a negative, uh, you know, my, my knee is hurting or, you know, I got this thing to do or whatever else. It's just sitting in the background. A positive thing is sitting in the background, basically. Yep. Yeah, totally. Or it's like, you know, it's Halloween season or it just was. And so, like, I think of people who are watching, like, horror movies throughout this season. Yeah. And in the back of their head, you know you're thinking about that movie right. that you just saw. So yep. you're just like, it. everything we absorb is playing on repeat in our mind to some degree for a certain amount of time. So I yeah. think it's important to think about what type of content we are absorbing mm -hmm. oh, and, yeah, uh, dude. and like scheduling, like, you know, cleaning up your feed, like what yeah. is really bullshit in your Instagram or Facebook mm -hmm. feed and, and almost getting... all of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> almost every bit. And it's almost designed that way, you know, for yeah. sure. That it, it is. Oh, we, we've, we've, that's one yeah. of our hot topics on this podcast <laughs> is like, uh, you know, what's going on on those things, why it happens and why uh, big tech over there in Palo Alto, California is designing it the way they are. And it's not because they want what's best for us. Right. Know what I'm saying? No, no doubt about it. They don't. They want our eyeballs on that stuff mm -hmm. as, as, as much as possible um, uh, to give them more power and money ultimately, yeah. you know, to, to boil it down to that. Maybe there's some good intentions in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there's some good guys back there doing yeah. that stuff. But, but yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, what you what you consume almost. It's like yeah, you are what you eat, right? Like that saying. It's mm -hmm. you. Your mind is what it consumes. It's it's kind of like that. Um, and if you're consuming, I, and I fall into that trap all the time because you you slip into it. You don't intentionally say today, I'm gonna, you know, consume some bad stuff and mm -hmm. and really uh you know, rust up my mind into a real negative place. You know, that's what I'm going to do today. You don't think you don't actively consciously do that. The apps aren't helping you because they're designing it in a different way. Uh, but you just slip into it and it's hard to recognize where that line is sometimes. And it's, it's, it's so important. Just like what you just said. Yeah. Um, but you, it's hard to realize that. Right. And you said scheduling, uh, stuff like may, maybe, uh, do routine. Yeah. It's routine. You know, maybe not like putting it on your schedule to scroll. breathe or scroll or not, <laughs> you know, whatever. But but having some sort of cognizant routine where you're thinking about gratitude, positivity and being more uh, aware of what's going on and what's coming in your mind uh, would benefit our listeners and ourselves. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Or I think uh, making note of when. Let's say I just absorb some like terrible content that, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be like, okay, well, what brought me to this point? Yeah. And then boredom. Yeah. <laughs> and then putting some kind of, you know, some other maybe inspirational or something that's going to redirect me back to where I need to go. Yeah. Uh, as I reverse engineer how I got there, put that mm. stop sign in front of that or that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. That's why. Very. It's hard to do. Yeah. But guess what, everybody? You know, that's what it takes. You know, it takes work. It takes pain and discomfort to, to, uh, to change these things and change your circumstance, change your perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's a task. Mm -hmm. Everything is really though. But if you don't do those things, like you're going to be in trouble, man. These algorithms are going to control that mind over time. Think about decades and decades of scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, all these sorts of things without being aware, just aware of what's going on. Um, Imagine how that changes your life over decades. When you say not being aware, you mean like not being aware of what it's doing to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not being aware of that temperature of that content positive, negative, where it's teetering, what it does to your brain, not even being aware of it and just simply, you know, getting on social media for entertainment. You know, you think that's what you're doing, but ultimately somebody else has a design going on behind the scene of how they want you to feel and more importantly, how they want you to act as a result or consequence of that content, right? Somebody else is designing it. Somebody else has a plan. You may not have a plan, but they've got a plan for you. Yeah. Um, Everyone, even you, us, we have a plan of yeah, what we're doing. Here. For sure. You yeah. know, our plan is around positivity. Right. Hopefully everything that we're doing is, is actually helping people. But nonetheless, everybody's got a plan behind that screen, the people putting it out. So just imagine yourself two decades from now without even thinking about these things and just going to social media for, quote, entertainment. It may you may be calling it that, but there's many things going on while you're doing that uh, other than you just getting uh, your rocks off for a few minutes, you know? Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, let's say this content that you're consuming isn't doing you good or bad. It's just like a a dude chopping a block of wood. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. It's still not doing anything for you. No. <laughs> it's just entertaining, filling I'll, up your every time. Every time. Oh, man, I get I get mad when I'm looking at a – I'm looking at it and – and they have some clickbait type thing in the beginning and it's like and it's right when he's about to chop the wood or something and then it cuts to are you still scrolling through this stuff aimlessly right. like get your stuff together and start making money on this and that I'm like oh my god what's wrong with me <laughs> you know it's it's a good reminder honestly uh, when i see i don't like it but it's a uh, but it's just not being aware of those things uh Man, that can hurt you. Yeah, well, I think about you're talking about over decades. Yeah, well, that's what that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, well, what? I think I think it's already we're already at that point. It's been yeah. a solid de- decade for <laughs> us, probably. Well, I think even like like a six month period, like when I think about, we all know that the news just outright lies about things. Straight yeah. up, straight up lies. Can't nice. trust the news. No, nice hot topic. <laughs> and so, you know, and 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 it comes out that something's completely false. But you could miss that oh, because mm-hmm. there's so much content out there yeah. Yeah. that if they just keep saying oh. so-and-so did this, so-and-so <laughs> did this, and then you just happen to only catch that and you don't ever catch any of like or do any investigating oh. into anything, <laughs> then you're all just hearing all this fake stuff over and over and over. And it's 20 years later and you're like, oh, yeah, this war happened because of this. Yeah. And it had nothing. So your whole understanding of reality, which to a degree it's always been this way, but now it's so dense with information Yes, yeah. that it's like – Unless you're consciously trying to really know what's going on in the world, mm. you have no idea. Yeah. Unless you've got some amazing intuition, which mm. you could, but if you're not nah. doing that self-evaluation <laughs> and even evaluation of information, then you yeah. don't. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, have you guys ever read any periodical that was taking back a story? You know, like where it's like, oh, the editors were wrong on this. You ever seen that? I I have because I dig for it, but they don't put it anywhere. You have to actively search for it for them to retract a statement. I feel like maybe I've seen it a couple of times because it's brought to my attention, but I just assume everything is false anyway, so I don't really need to go see that. You Uh know what I'm saying? So the same thing that it was wrong anyway. At this point, I just don't watch the news and whatever goes on there. Okay. Yeah, it's somebody tell me about it if there's a a real war happening. I'll figure it out one way or another. Right. (laughs) But like how I mean, dude, the the dissemination of information and how people are just oh, that's a whole that's a whole nother topic, man. It's terrible. But all in all, everything that we're talking about is trash, man. It's fake and it's not real. You know, I don't want to hear anything that is not at least for the most part real. Yeah. You know, you can you can embellish things for entertainment and try to get some eyeballs. I mean, we expect that at this point, right? Yeah. But like, uh, you know, all just, there's so much lack of raw realness. You know, that's what brings me to Goggins, man. I just uh, I just finished his uh, first audio book and uh, uh, can't hurt me. <clears throat> and man, it's just so good because it's it's the only thing that I've read or I guess listened to. Uh, that I don't have any doubt that, you know, the stories and intentions behind, you know, his life uh, were 100% real because he's putting it all out there. He puts everything out there, you know, and uh, it's just so sobering to watch another individual live that real, true, authentic life. And he doesn't care uh, what you think about it. Hopefully you get something good about good from it. But uh I, I think that there's a there's something inside everybody right now, especially where people want that, man. They want something real. They don't want the same fake stuff trying to get your attention, trying to make you sell, uh, buy something from them or get you to act a certain way. Like people want the real story because it's so rare. Yeah. It's yeah. so rare. I think the... Like everybody wants that. I don't think it's just you know. I know. Even if you like, whenever you see it, you realize. You know, no matter who you are, you know. Um, but the only people that I see that look at the news and they're like, "Oh, this is ha- this is actually happening," <laughs> is older people that it's... have at some point before you know, you know, thirty, forty years ago, the news was the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't just all lies. I mean, there was a lot of lies. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, there was a certain standard. Right. That is not there anymore. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> there was, and I also feel like, uh, you know, we got the boomer generation, and there's a lot of people in that generation, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. And so some of those people, if they haven't, which I think is a large percentage of them, but not all of them, if they haven't grabbed onto that technology yeah. as it evolved they right. and they didn't evolve with it then they might be getting lost because yeah, i mean they are even for me to figure out what's yeah. going on is like i can't imagine somebody who hasn't had to for a job figure out technology or navigate yeah. if internet if yeah. you haven't logged on to tiktok <laughs> and r- scrolled through those reels you don't really know what's going on out here i bet you know what i'm saying I, it's been a long time but i remember the last time i was looking at tiktok like six months ago i was like 
Dude, these children, man. I know. What well, they're well, absorbing. It's just an example of the flagrant, like, ridiculousness of media these days, right? Like, I mean, all these social media tools can be used for good or evil. They can be good, bad, positive, negative, whatever. But, like, if you don't understand that's going on right now and that's attracting everyone's eyeballs, like, that's what's the attractive thing. Like, media now has to compete with TikTok, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fox News, CNN, all, all right. these companies, they have to compete because their job is to get eyeballs on the screen. Pretty simple. But they're competing with that TikTok. So what do you think they're going to do? You know, they have to. People clearly want the TikTok stuff. They want that ridiculousness, you know. Yeah. So if you don't understand that that's what they're competing with, that's why I say if you haven't seen that, you don't really know what's going on. Because they're tailoring CNN, Fox, all these big, big outlets are, are tailoring what they do to try to. uh trigger that same response that people are getting by scrolling aimlessly through that ridiculousness on TikTok, you know? Right. Right. It's yeah. like, I almost feel like I have an obligation to be on TikTok, yeah. like putting out Just content to, to yeah. level it out. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're trying. I'm going to level it all out. Yeah, we're going to do it. Us three are going to really change things on TikTok, man. Make it a reputable uh, <laughs> a company, you know, but it's uh yeah, it's wild, man. It's it's wild. And it's all Garrett's generation that's doing it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's uh, Garrett's fault, really. Yeah, not my fault. I'm saying. No, <laughs> well, I, eh, I don't I'm know, not man. like a lot of people my age, I would say, I would hope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is, you know, we are the ones that figured it out. We are the ones that figured out how to... <laughs> yeah, how to destroy <laughs> <Exactly>. humanity. <laughs> we realized. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did that. That was us. We did. We did. <laughs> yeah, you did. You for sure did, dude. You did. We were the first... I mean... Well, the Chinese version of you. The Chinese version of me? Isn't TikTok China? They well, own... They own yeah, I mean, they yeah, own but it, yeah. Yeah, they Chinese uh, Gen Z or uh, millenn- not millennials. That's me. We're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't say China. I think it's the like... ones that figured out how to get all those views on there. Well, you're the generation that wanted it. All yes. they did was create it. Yeah. You know? The Chinese government. Mm, yeah. That's a whole nother. We can get into that maybe yeah. after after we <laughs> after we shut the cameras down. It's already been flagged. <laughs> We're gonna have to edit that oh, out. God. We're in trouble. Uh, uh, we'd have to get one of the three people that watch this to actually flag the episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe my mom will report us. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it all comes back, though. Like, I'm glad we're getting into these discussions because it's, it's all about the mind. That's what we're trying to, you know, get a hold of. We're trying to... You know, I'm not under the impression that I'm going to uh, uh, master my mind to such a degree that uh, I control my everything. And, uh, you know, I don't know what even that looks like, but I know that it all starts there, you know, and cold plunge therapy, uh, alternative wellness and being proactive about your health are just different things that you can do to help you level up in that space. Right. Mm. Um, So it's all relative. And uh and TikTok is about it. TikTok's one big head game too, buddy. You know what I mean? Yep, all of it is. And, and what Andre is doing is trying to reset us. That's right. Get out of that that state of just scrolling through and you know taking all the stuff in your head that you don't even realize you're taking in to a point where you realize, oh, I, I don't need to be watching this right now. I went through this hard thing. I need I need to actually get all my stuff and you know get my health right, more or less, mm-hmm. mental and. Uh, physical yeah and that that kind of brings me through uh 
how dopamine actually works in the body. Mm. Tell us about dopamine because I have, yeah. I hear these words, and because I'm not a, a medical guy, I don't really know what's going on. Endorphin, dopamine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, <laughs> let's get a like a uh, basics 101 on sure. dopamine. So, dopamine is something that we build up as we're achieving a task. Okay. And so when we're scrolling, we're getting the instant gratification, and then we scroll to the next one, instant gratification. And so it's not so much that we're we're depleting our dopamine, it's that we're not even creating it. Mm. And so like because it's being handed to us exactly by China, exactly. <laughs> CCP. Uh, yeah. And so so we're not even creating it. So it's like we're getting so used to getting things without having to do any kind of work. So that's why the levels are low. Okay. And with a cold plunge, when you do it, the cool thing about that is that it's a slow release of dopamine. So actually over the sec next several hours, you're getting these little pumps of mm -hmm. dopamine. Um, Extended release. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. And uh, I had another point to that. Can you ever get to a point where you just straight – is there like some sort of syndrome that uh, – <laughs> that, uh, that um uh where you don't create dopamine anymore like it's not an option for you uh i don't know that not sure I'm, i couldn't tell you i think there is and that would be addiction drug addiction because yeah but if you stop doing those things maybe you start to build it up again what i'm saying is like well but yes, i guess but sometimes yeah. you, you you come like you know say you you're getting you get high for so many years five ten years Consistently, every single day. Yeah, and you're just having that dopamine. Dopamine. Re <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. You just keep on having it released to these huge levels, uh -huh. and then your body's like, "Oh, well, I don't need to produce this. I don't need to work as hard to make this anymore." <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm laughing, dude. I got too much dopamine, dude. Uh, sometimes when I look at Garrett, I just laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> Okay, so, so addiction, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you, over time, you're beating that dopamine creator, right. uh -huh, if you will, maybe, guess, yeah. uh, over that, time. Yeah. It, Same thing like with a, the scrolling, but maybe to a more intense degree with addiction. Like you, have a, um, like you have peaks and valleys, right? Right. So whenever your dopamine is really high, it'll come down just as low, or, you know, whatever make, is making you feel good. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know dude. I don't know why I, I keep I laughing. I think, and this is just, uh, I'm guessing... But it feels right. Is that uh, is that with the addiction you're getting these huge bumps, yeah. And without having it released at all is just horror. Okay. And so that's why you keep getting that addiction because I can't go right. thirty minutes without having another hit. And so if you could, you know, strap me up to a table or whatever for the next four days, then it might start to regulate itself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just addicted to the feeling, yeah. and so I keep blowing it out. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know if right. if you're really injuring your ability to produce it. Yeah, I didn't know that's. I was. Kind it, of I think it's something that you would have to recover over a long time, as yeah. we see. Kind of like with addiction, like those yes. those same yeah. people. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so dopamine essentially is a what is it? It's a neurotransmitter. All right, it's a transmitter, and it is released released and uh it makes you feel good yes okay yes you not euphoric but it makes you 
happy. It makes you of. feel. Uh, it, it's it's. Yes, it, it makes you want to continue to be alive. Is what it does. Well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely need that because it's uh, it's like it's 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 a marker of achievement. Okay, like we're 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 building to a goal. We're building to a goal. I'm building up my dopamine. I'm building up. I achieve my goal, and then I get this little hit okay. of it that I built up. Okay. If that makes sense. It's, okay, I, I'm still really. Do you build then release, or is it just releasing? You build yeah. and then you release it. So okay. you're building your level and then you get a little. And that probably has a lot to do with your expectations of reality and what's going on. Obviously, you, if you're creating some sort of uh, neurotransmittal response in uh, your body and it's actually physically happening, it's happening as a response of what you're seeing and doing in your life. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. You're being some sort of uh, stimuli that is happening, whether it be your phone or whether it be drugs or whatever it is physically is happening uh, to uh, actually make you create those things. You know, so it's almost like a, a <clears throat> the pressure being built up in a chamber. Yeah. And you're the one creating how the strong the chamber is. That's right. You, you Your chamber is your perspective yes. and how you're filling it up is your responses to the external and internal sometimes stimuli of your life yeah. and living your life. We're getting way past uh, what I know about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should slow down there. But it's, it's starting to make a little bit more sense to me. I'm as, just trying I to because I, I everybody talks about dopamine, this, that. And I really, it's, it's, it's super abstract to me. Cause, the, cause there's, there's, there's a build and there's a release. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're scrolling. You're okay. I get an, I'm getting a release. I, I just mm-hmm. achieved this information without trying. I just achieved this information without trying. Mm. Yeah. I just achieved this information without trying. It's not even that good anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. I don't have it's enough energy stale. to go do something else. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and you, it's, it's exactly like drugs. Yeah. That's all. It, it's exactly like drugs. And it's an addiction. I know that because when I'm scrolling, uh, you know, have you ever put your phone on a charger, you know, that you couldn't reach in your current state? You know, you had to leave your phone in another. Like that actually has, I'm, after about 10 minutes or so, I'm like, so why made, do I feel like shit? Yeah, something made right. That's yeah. what it feels like. That's terrible, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. we all have those problems, I'm sure. Unless you're mm-hmm. unless you're locking your phone in one of those, you know, special boxes or something. You know, that you can't, time release box. You know those boxes that we yeah, yeah. uh, What is that called? Cage, it's a cool Faraday world. cage. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a cool name. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I knew that. Uh, cool. I knew it was cool. Isn't it named after somebody? He's Faraday. The, yeah, Faraday. Faraday. Yeah. He was in a movie. Uh, Faraday. What were they? Where, where were they explaining that? I don't know. Some sort of national treasure movie or something. You know, something like that. Like. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but then another thing with the phone is that it's an LED backlight and it's blue light. And the only time blue light is present or when it's most present is at solar noon, at either side of solar noon. So that says, hey, it's the middle of the day. You need to be awake. So you're going to be getting a glucose spike. So when you're scrolling and you're viewing this light and it's nighttime, you're telling your your body that it's solar noon so it's going to keep telling you to have energy so that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people have trouble going to sleep at night mm-hmm. isn't there glasses you can get that yeah. helps like blue blockers anything what is it called is blue blockers is a brand and they're really good um, I, I have gla- like my reading glasses have blue blockers i think but i don't know 
There's other ones with clear lenses where you can wear them, right? Yeah, the clear lenses, they block 45% of the light. And if it's dark red or dark orange, they almost, they both block 100%. Yeah. Just the red starts blocking like green and other stuff. It's pretty trippy. Yeah. I will say something about the blue light glasses. If you got to make sure that wherever you're buying them from, it's reputable because a lot of people will just toss a name on there. And yeah, sell regular glasses. Yeah, that's for the clear lenses. Right. But but red and yellow, they're filters. It's so about my, the color, right? It, the anyway. color is a hundred percent. But they do have the clear ones, but they just block like half or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Jace wears those orange ones. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, but it's to to make sure that they work, like let's say you have like a, a TV or something that has a little blue light on it, mm-hmm. and it's like very blue. You put the red glasses or the orange glasses. It'll look like that light is turned off. Mm. off it'll look like it's not even on like okay. nothing's on like not even white like black not even white basically not even white if you just it's put trippy. up like a, a blue a full blue screen on the tv it would just look black the or... blue screen wouldn't work it has to be like an led bulb oh yeah. it's blue like like if this little sony thing was blue yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah. then yeah okay i got interesting you. or like on a usb port to tell you that it's on or something mm-hmm. like because I have like a multi USB jack, and when I have the glasses on, it looks like it's turned off. <laughs> yeah, and like because for one time it was freaking me out. I was like, "Is this thing not even on?" And then I like I went, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Okay, well, that's cool. Definitely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I need to get a pair of those. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got about an hour in. Yep. I think we're about an hour, hour eight and minutes. Seven. Yep. Well, y'all want to kind of wrap it up or what? What do y'all want to do? do that? Yeah. Yeah. You pretty good. I feel good. All right. Well, well. Before we go, uh, Andre, tell everyone where to find you um, and how they can get in contact with you uh, to get a consultation going. You know, to to uh, start a relationship with you. You know, social media stuff like that. Where where do people find you? Absolutely. You can find me at uh, InnerAlchemy.me is the website. I'm also on Instagram at Inner.Alchemy.Rejuve. Uh, that's for the studio, and then there's inner alchemy or inner dot alchemy dot life is for my coaching profile. So you can check that out. And then um, off a of Kali Saloon, if you're here in Lafayette, you hit the there's Lafayette Locksmith and um, Fresh Pickens. If you head down Foo Filet, mm-hmm. you can find Ascend Wellness and Inner Alchemy Studio is in there. And then if you're at uh, CrossFit Lafayette right now. Um, members of the gym have access to cold plunges, hot tubs, and red light therapy that's provided by Inner Alchemy. Awesome. And uh, there's a couple other gyms in the area that'll be popping up soon yeah. to have some stuff. So excited awesome. about that. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on with us. It was fun. It was uh, a lot of good information. I think we could keep talking about this kind of stuff. We need to yeah. get we need to get in here again, you know, in a few months and, and talk some more about it. But I appreciate you coming on, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Andre. It was really nice meeting you. This is the first time I met you. So <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yes, sir. Good information. Yeah, good stuff. Appreciate it. Well, all right, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. If you're listening to this, One Big Head Game, uh, where we uh, uh, essentially talk about self mastery, your mind, and uh, and getting the most uh, and achieving the most uh, by working with uh, what you got your your brain, your mind. So we'll see you next time. Bo Killingsworth. Yeah, Bo Killingsworth. Garrett Duet and Andre Wilson. All right. Mr. Wilson. All right. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for us. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Bye. All right. Life is one big head game. And once you learn to play the motherfucking head game, it's no longer a game anymore at all.
Thursday, living your life.